0: I think so much of these 100 mile races really come down to like how bad how badly do you want to finish like how, how much you want it because it, it fit, it's physically it's going to hurt it's hard but if you don't have the mental strength you're not going to finish because your body's going to tell you to stop
1: running 100 miles seems impossible and maybe even kind of crazy and it is but we believe in Big Crazy Dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race.
2: Are you ready to fill the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your Trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100. I'm Jacob Bateman and joined along with me today is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. Hello. And joined along as our special guest today, fresh off a hundred mile finish this year, we have John Maynard. Thanks for joining us today.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to talk to you about my experience.
2: Yeah, we are excited to hear about it. So, John what first off what drew you to the 100 mile distance in the first place to where you had that drive to go after one of these crazy distances
0: i think you know i'd I'd run a a bunch of of marathons i ran boston in 2018 and that was kind of gnarly it was that really cold weather harrowing day and i remember getting to the finish and looking back and going okay that was cool we're done And I feel like there was something more that was drawing me to, I want to do something harder. I wanted to really challenge myself in a different way. And also the, the YouTube algorithm up the why, you know, the documentary by Billy Yang, which explored why people run a hundred mile races. And I was like, Oh. oh my gosh, that is fascinating because it was, you know, this event that you do on your own, but it's really part of this community. And it, it's, it's beyond the physical aspect, but also mental. And I was really curious, like, I wonder what that's like to run 100 miles. So that's, that's kind of what put that on, on my radar. Like, yeah, you know, I think I want to try that. I want to see what that feels like to, to, to really suffer and to one um, of those challenges.
1: Because mm, it just got to the point where a marathon just wasn't hard enough anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a different <laughs> kind of hard in a marathon, right? It's, yeah. it's definitely hard, but it it wasn't. It didn't have like a deep meaning. It was just like, all right, that's that's cool, done. But it it I don't know.
1: Yeah, I wish no I that- could
0: articulate it better, but that's pretty much.
1: It makes sense. I I, I get it. I feel like, well, I'm thinking back to our episode with Joe Corcion when we talked about signing up for the races that scare you. And when you go do, you know, a quick, easy run, even if you get first place, it just isn't fulfilling unless you really like dig deep and go to those places in you. So that, that, that makes sense.
0: For sure. Yeah. And in some respects, you know, the marathon for me, it's kind of predictable. I kind of know the range I'm going to finish. You know, like the time frame and, and, you know, there aren't tons of variables. It's just like, okay, it's almost, I don't want to, it almost feels somewhat routine, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm not pushing myself hard enough. Who knows?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I, I, I get you. I get you on that. Yeah. You want to be signing up for races that, you know, really mean a lot that that's going to push you. You watch this documentary You 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 hear about the why and you're like, man, I want to experience that. What's the next step? Because I think a lot of us, like that, look in the ultra running, do see a bunch of all that, and then we're just like, okay.
1: The desire and the action are two different things, (laughs) right?
2: So like like, how did you get started to where you're like, all right, I'm gonna do 100 miles?
0: Exactly. I knew I couldn't just go from 26.2 to 100, or like that probably wasn't really wise. But I was like, well. Why not something a little bit longer? I think the natural progression is go marathon 50K, 50 K 50 miles, et cetera. But I was like, it just didn't like the 50 K didn't really do much for me. I was like, you know, it's what five extra miles, like, nah, no big deal. So I decided why not let's do a hundred K let's just try it. And uh, I put my name in the hat and uh, sign up for it. And uh, let me tell you i mean the training cycle alone was gnarly you know it's you're putting close to i don't know 800 or a thousand miles leading up to it and then the and then as the race day approached i'm like how in the world am i gonna run 60 miles like that's insane i've never gone i think i ran like 28 miles with the friend ones, but i haven't really ever done anything beyond certainly beyond 50k before but i said well you know why not give it a go let's just see what i can do so i did that the first again backing up the first 100k I did was the leona divide 100k in 2019 so i just said and why not go for it
1: i love it so so how did it go when, once you got to the 100k how did the 100k go
0: okay first of all just from the moment i i went to pick up my packet the morning of the race Like this is like at 4.30 in the morning, just the energy and just, just the, I don't know. I don't want to say just how wholesome it was and just like homegrown good vibes. I'm like, I was like, these are my people. And I, I just, I was so drawn to it. It was just, everyone was just super stoked and just, it felt like it was this community experience. You kind of get that at at the start of road races, you know? But it was just had a different sort of vibe to it and uh, as a race started at first 100k i was kind of in the uh, the congo line on the single track we it was it's on the pacific crest trail so it's a beautiful trail wow. but at first the first like eight to ten miles were just slow and i, I was getting frustrated but at the same time I'm like i know like things are going to get rough you know two or three hours from now so i just kind of went with it And when I got to the first major aid station at, it was like mile 18, I remember one of the aid station volunteers, she's like, you're doing great. What do you need? What can I get you? Do you need more water? Do you need more, like do you need electrolytes? Do you need food? I was like, what's this like white glove treatment? Like, I don't deserve this. I'm just a (laughs) a running dude. Like, I just, you know, I'm so used to being so independent and self-sufficient. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like, it was amazing. And then and then they're like, was this your first one? Well, yes, yeah, I've never done this before. And they're like, you're doing awesome, keep going. And it was really tough. And I remember getting to fast forward like a f- 30 miles. I remember getting to the next aid station and just on the way I met people, we run together for a few minutes and just chit chat. And then I'd go ahead or they'd go ahead. And it's just like, everyone was just super stoked having a good time. And I was like, I could really see myself doing this. And then I hit like mile, what was it, mile. So let me back up. At the Leona Divide, there's this point at about before there's this 12 mile out and back where you can turn right and go to the finish or turn left and finish for the 50 miler or you turn left and you add the extra 12 miles to get the 100K, Mm -hmm. give or take. And i remember that the decision point i'm like because I, I was kind of hurting but i was like damn it well i signed up excuse my language. i'm like i signed up for the 100k <laughs> i'm not turning right we're going left and it was just like it was brutal everything looked so steep and it was hot and i met this guy siggy and uh, he was running with a couple guys and he he's it turned out he'd been running he'd done a, a handful of hundred miles before and he kind of put me under his wing and just kind of helped me get up and over the hill and it was just the most amazing experience we actually ended up finishing together that 100k i finished in a little over like 12 and a half hours so it still did pretty well overall but i knew i could do better i was like okay i get it i've proven that i can do 100k i'm gonna try to start doing these better faster so That was, that's my long answer of just saying 100K was the first one and it was a good go.
1: That's awesome. I feel like this is an awesome like road to ultra story and just like the, the compare and contrast between road running and ultra running. I always say it's like they're two different sports. Do you feel the same?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, so yesterday for my 45th birthday, I ran 45 miles and happy birthday thank you thank you it was all on the roads because my wife is like if you're going by yourself i want you to have cell phone coverage the entire time so i ran i ran you know 20 miles down to san diego county line in san clemente and then turned around and ran back home and uh, you know i tell you putting 45 miles on the road is a lot different than 45 miles on the trails
1: oh yeah um,
0: there definitely is a divide between like roadies and trail runners. And I say that lovingly, but you know, it's a different, it's just a different energy doing ultra marathons in the mountains. You, just, I, I see so much more stuff. You're kind of, you, I don't know. It kind of feels like you just have this space to yourself and uh, it's just a lot more peaceful. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that really helped to answer, answer yeah. your question. Yeah, but-
1: no. Amen. Yes. I, have I just
0: car zooming, <laughs> yeah. zooming
2: by, yeah. You have cars
1: zooming by, yeah. I do also feel like, and not not to like, roadrunners and ultra runners are equally awesome and lovable. I feel for like sure. there is a little bit less of a competitive edge in ultra running, and it feels a little bit more like you're just trying to beat your time, and everyone around you is cheering you on and clapping for you, versus everyone around you is trying to you know, whoop you and beat you, you know? Um, so yeah, we, we totally get it. We love the, the ultra running community and the ultra running vibe. It it is just peaceful and it is just a little different. So I think that's awesome.
0: For sure.
2: Now take us into, I guess, training for that hundred. So after that, what was the hundred mile race that you ended up deciding to sign up for?
0: When, it's, when I decided I was going to do a 100-mile race, right, it's kind of right when COVID happened. Oh. So, mm-hmm. I've had, like, I've had Sama 100, I've had AC 100, I've had San Diego 100 on my calendar various times, and they've all been canceled because mm-hmm. of COVID. So, it's, like, all these, like, start and stop, start and stop. I actually oh. trained for, I think I trained for, like, three or four different 100-mile races. Oh, my gosh. So it was like, it's just like, like, is this ever going to happen? Right? Like, am I ever going to be able to do this 100 mile race? And then, finally, finally, Kira, who's the race director for the Santa Monica 100, got the green light. So the first 100 was the SAMA 100. It was the inaugural, inaugural race. And it starts at this place in Point, Point Magoo in Southern California. And you run basically 50 miles east and then south to uh, Malibu Chunkas Canyon, and then you turn around and come back. So I think officially it's a hundred, it was like supposed to be a hundred, roughly 102 miles, but in actuality they had to re- redo the course a little bit. So it was 104 miles. And then I got lost. It was 105 and a half miles when I ran altogether. So,
1: nice. That,
0: get into that later. We had to go uh, with
1: the extra five miles. <laughs> exactly. Like
0: 100 is not enough. You got to go a little bit longer than that. You know. <laughs> so,
2: with leading up to the hundred, I, John, you did a, a write-up, which we'll share the link in the show notes of your whole recap on your hundred-mile race, which I thought was very educational and informative of what a hundred miler is like you said that like you said in your write-up that you weren't even really like nervous you were just excited because you felt like you had put the training in i'm just curious like give us expound on that a little bit more because honestly with me and maybe this goes to show i could do a little better on my training my first hundred i i told melody like I, uh, I was like, I feel like I'm about to get married again. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like the nerves of like, what, what is about to happen (laughs) was running through me, you know? So take us through what you were feeling before your first, before, you know, that
0: night before leading up to the hundred. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and to be sure, like, I'm not taking that distance for granted by any means because anything can happen. But I think the reason why I had a lot of confidence going into the start was I've been running consistently now for seven years. I've been, I put at least 2000 miles on my feet every year, giving in a lot of vert. during this training cycle, leading up specifically to Samuel 100. My training was going really well overall. I never had any massive weeks. Like I think my mileage capped out like between 70, 80 miles. So nothing huge, right. But just consistent on a daily basis or five days a week or what have you. So it was just. Going into it, going into it, I felt like, you know, I put in the work, trust the training and more importantly, I had real solid reasons of why I want to do this and I had envisioned the whole time was going to, what it would look like crossing the finish. Like I'd put myself at the finish. So I was like, I'm going to get there. And it's as long as I don't get hurt, like as long as I don't like break a leg or twist my knee or anything like anything like that i'm gonna get to the finish and that's kind of the attitude that i went into the race now of course during the first few miles when i was we were kind of i was running with about a pack of like five or six guys they were all telling me about their like 100ks they did during the training cycle and the 50 miles they did and i'm like dude i've maxed out at like 30. So I started feeling very insecure, (laughs) like, oh, my gosh, like, I've totally blown it. I'm going to blow up and die. Like, this is not going to (laughs) happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like, if you're honestly, if you put in the work, you're consistent, you keep showing up, there's no reason why you couldn't get to that finish.
1: That is such an awesome attitude. And I I feel like there, there are a lot of lessons in what you just said. I feel like, first of all, find your why, know your why. Also, visualization, see yourself at the finish line. And then also don't let other people in their training intimidate you. Like be do what is best for you and and be confident in what you did. So I am curious, what was your why? Like when you thought about your why, what was that?
0: Ooh, that's a great one. And I actually I wrote about that too because I wanted to make sure I knew what my whys were. So the first one was i was just curious like i was like could can i do 100 miles like you know i put the bet on yes i can but i'm like like can i do it like what's it feel like to, to go through that the second one was i wanted to suffer like i really wanted because i you know like as i mentioned in the why the documentary by Billy Yang. And even the one that Brendan Leonard did, he did the documentary with, with REI called like how to run a hundred miles, like yeah. just seeing all of them suffer. And like, I was so drawn to that. Like I wanted to feel like what the darkness was like, even so on my second hundred K, which was the, the Sean O'Brien hundred K, which is in the Santa Monica mountains also like <laughs> there's a theme here, right? I like that's a 50 K point. We'd already put in like six or 7,000 feet of vert, and like I was just hurting. Like I had this blister that formed at the bottom of my foot because like a tiny speck of like rock or sand got stuck mm-hmm. between my sock and my, the my forefoot and just rubbed for like two or three hours and I ignored it. And then all of a sudden I had this huge blister. And uh, like, as I kept running about like five miles later, the blister split open and it just like every step stung and i was just like what am i doing this is the worst decision ever i hate life and then there's a spot that's drop. it drops it's a four mile spot that you descend about 2000 feet and as i was descending, i started panicking i'm like dude i'm never going to be able to get back up this mountain like i'm just forget it like it's not going to happen but i'm like well dude buddy you signed up for this like you agreed to do this Figure it out, like, like, like suck it up and get it done. And uh, sure enough, I, I figured it out with help from, you know, our awesome volunteers at the aid station and uh, I went on and finished pretty strong. So in that hundred K race, it was about two hours of just like agony, right? Physical pain and then mental anguish, like just like beating myself up. Mm. And I was like, I want to feel what that's like for four, or six hours. I want to like. Get to that point where you you make a choice. Like, are you going to throw in the towel? Or are you going to figure it out? And like that was so compelling. So that's that's my long reason number two, my why number two. And then the why number three. I'm can you? I mean, you're like we're still on the whys here. But the <laughs> why number three was just like really simply about 20 miles, 20 years ago, I was in a really bad car accident. Whereas like I had to relearn how to 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 walk, talk, chew, all that kind of stuff. And I had a really bad, really bad brain injury. And you know, I was, I couldn't sleep for like a year and a half. Like it was, it was pretty, pretty rough go. So I was like, let's just do something to kind of mark that, celebrate sort of like this new beginning and just like how I was able to overcome that really big obstacle and just kind of move on and just like. Put that in my rearview mirror and just go forward with life that way. So those those are my three big reasons why I started doing it.
1: Wow. Okay. I feel like I feel like we just brushed over a really big part of your story.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. I do. You feel like? Do you mind talking about that just a little bit more? If I ask you a few questions about that.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. Do you feel like the lessons you learned coming back from? Did you say you had a TBI? Yeah. So coming yeah. back from this traumatic car accident, do you feel like the lessons you learned there, were you able to use those lessons in ultra running?
0: Oh my, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, because first of all, I don't really remember what I was like before the accident. And like mm. so much time has passed. But I think through the recovery process, like, you know, I think, First of all, the reason why I I firmly believe I survived that accident was because when the accident happened, I was one week away from my first marathon. So I was in like tip-top shape. The second reason I think is just in general to have that that positive mindset that, yes, things are going to get better. Just work through it. Things will get better. It's going to be okay. My first boss who I worked at, I was an editor for a magazine. My first boss used to always say, like, this too shall pass. It wasn't his quote, but he used to always say that. And I keep that close to me all the time, especially in ultra racing. Like, you know, just hang in there, keep grinding, and it'll get better. And I think that kind of mindset has really helped me, certainly with recovery from the accident, but also in these endurance races.
1: Do you have any residual, like, injuries or effects from that accident? That you still have to deal with?
0: I mean, sure, like physical stuff. Like yeah, my shoulder. Cool.
1: Physical, yeah, yeah. mental, like
0: totally. Like physical stuff, my shoulder all I like my shoulder is always gonna bother me. My right side of my body is always kind of hurt, you mm-hmm. know. But I've also been I've been dealing with this for 20 years now. So I almost have forgotten what it was like before that. I think sometimes mentally, you know, I sometimes I get tripped up a little bit but again i've been i've been living this way for 20 years now so it's just i'm just used to it and this is just it's kind of like this is who you get this is me now i'm sure i was i'm sure i was better 20 years ago but this is this is how i am now and sort of like whatever deal with it
1: you know (laughs) it's a part of what made you who you are today right yeah exactly wow So, so how long, I, I'm just curious about your running journey since accident. So you're in tip top shape, accident happened. And then how long did it take you to recover and then get back into running?
0: I think I was really, so I was in the hospital for about a month. I was in a coma, then in the hospital and they wouldn't let me move or do anything. And I remember, I only remember the last five days of the hospital, but I also remember the things that I remember were. I was very frustrated that I wasn't allowed to move or do anything. And then as part of my rehab recovery process, I also wasn't allowed to run. Like I had to be supervised 24 hours a day. Like basically everyone was telling me what I could and could not do. And that was very frustrating to me. As soon as I got the green light to run, which probably wasn't until six or eight months after the accident, I started running you know why because i missed out on that marathon and i'm, I'm gonna freaking do that marathon so fast forward a year after the accident i finished my first marathon which was the san diego rock and roll in 2003 wow. i think and after i finished that marathon i was like i'm never doing a marathon again no way that was the worst it's What
1: they all say
0: <laughs> yeah exactly well that was so painful totally i'm not doing that i was dumb like not doing it again So I didn't, I basically retired, not retired, but I stopped running marathons after my first was like, I don't need to do that again. And uh, then eventually got older, had kids, got a jogging stroller, you know, the the Bob. And then started running because I don't do well sitting at home, started running more seriously, and then kind of has snowballed from there.
1: Wow. So you've always just had this like ambitious like we're going to do this like growth mindset. It sounds like.
0: I guess so. I never considered that until you mentioned it, but I think it's it's in in general, I think in general I'm I'm a pretty positive person. Kind of like what if? Like why not? Like instead of saying why me? It's like, well, why not me? I I'm, um, my immediate recovery after my accident, I was I felt I felt sorry for myself for a little while and then and then i sort of just accepted it and said okay we're well, not going to change what happened so what are you going to do about it how are you going to how are you going to respond
1: wow um, i feel chills i'm like this is true this is truth <laughs> yeah.
2: like as you say that you know since yeah as we're talking about running and ultra running as you say that it it, it like makes me think about you know my experiences of ultra running when you know, things haven't gone well and, you know, the stomach's upset, you know, dehydration, whatever, you know, it's like, and you. so it's like, okay, well, I'm in this situation now, you know, this is on a much smaller scale yeah. than, you know, being in a life-threatening situation, but I'm in this now. Sometimes
1: so... ultra running can be like <laughs> <It could>, Yeah. <laughs> <you>
2: know, <laughs> what am I going to do about it? You know, mm-hmm. it's here, accept it okay, what am I going to do about it to get out of this and move forward? You know? So I I think that's, it's sounds like you've been through a lot and that that's pretty inspiring to hear that after that car accident, one year later you were running a marathon. So now getting back a little bit more to the hundred at what point, because you talked about how you started off, you guys, you know, started up the mountain and other runners are telling you about all their training at one point did the race start to get hard you know and to where you started to question when did
1: you enter the pain cave
2: the, right i think <laughs> what am i doing here
0: totally okay so at so it started because of that sort of the the course reroute that wasn't official or wasn't on the, the map anyway because of that I started get a little panicked because we were supposed to hit the aid station and we were like overdue by like two miles. I'm like, Oh dude, what's going on? And it was unseasonably hot. It was like at that point the hottest of the year and we're all just kind of like, what is going on? And then we finally get to the aid station. And I see And as we leave um, about 50 yards after we leave, I see a, a, a guy who's like a really good runner just walking. And I was like, Oh dude, like, that like he he this guy's legendary like he shouldn't be walking at this point because we still have what 85 miles to go there's no way but i'm like well let's keep going and then there's a point where it's like an eight mile um just climb all on single track beautiful gorgeous climb and you see i see people like zigzagging up ahead of me like up the the ridge line and I was like, dude, I'm never gonna get there. Like, this is this is insane. I, by now, I'm by myself because it was the other group had gone ahead, and I'm just like, this is insane. And then we get to the aid station at mile 27, people are dropping out. I'm like, oh, dude, this is brutal. But I'm like, well, I, I, this is what I'm. This is what I signed up for. I signed up for some pain and to be challenged. So I kept going. Fast forward to about mile 40, and I'm by myself. It's hot, dusty. And I'm just like, dude, I I can't go on anymore. This is not happening. Just I look down, I'm like, I've got over 60 miles to go. Like, I nope, I, I not gonna happen. It just I I can't, I couldn't see myself going on anymore. Like this is this is not fun at all. Like this is actually a really bad idea and I hate this. And then I'm like, well, you signed up for it, so come on put your big boy pants on and let's go so (laughs) i I shook myself dusted myself off went another two miles and i just like dude i cannot go anymore no way like i'm i'm over this this is not fun all by myself like i don't see anyone around me like this is awful but then i was like well like you know what like just get to the halfway point, and then you can call it. Just pick yourself up and just go just because like you're almost to this point where there's this climb, and you're almost to the point where you're gonna have a long downhill, and you can just enjoy that, let your legs go, let gravity take take on, and just just kind of like quit whining and just go for it. So I slowly picked myself up and and made it down and, before the halfway point, there was one more aid station and my gosh, it was like the welcoming committee. Like I felt like such a celebrity getting there and they, they started like, you know, give me like whatever I needed, like quesadilla with bacon and like all this, all this nutrition. And it was just, it was so, it it was just like, it was just what I need to hear, like Like they rolled out the red carpet, put me down in the chair, filled up my water, got me, like dipped my head in a bucket of ice. You know, it was just like, it was perfect. And then we had about five miles to go before the turnaround point. So I got up, made it to the turnaround point. And they're like, dude, you can't quit now. like, it started cooling down. I'm like, you know what? You're right, I'm not gonna drop. And the other reason I'm not gonna drop is because now I'm 52 miles away from my car. Like, I'm not gonna ask for a ride back. Like. (laughs) <laughs> I, I for it. so, buddy, you got to figure out how to get home. Like, make it happen. <laughs> so, turn around, got back, got back to that aid station again, and they're like, "Dude, have a seat. You look so great." I'm like, "Nope, nope. I'm going. Just top off my water bottles, and we're gonna go."
1: Heck yeah! And then
0: I got to this this spot. It was about you know the sun had already set and i had this limited point of like cell phone coverage and we're about mile i don't know like 55 or 60 i can't even remember and i called i checked in with my wife and it was just like a total lame innocuous call like oh yeah we're at soccer practice and we did this today and it was just like it was nothing to do with the actual race it was just like it was so good to just have a break from what i was experiencing or what i had experienced with nine ten hours It was just like just dumb conversation but it was exactly what i needed and then we hung up and uh, i put my headlamp on because it started getting dark and i could see other people with headlamps up the trail it was about a four another another four mile climb it's kind of a theme around here right a lot of big <laughs> big climbs. and I just kind of put my head down and just power hiked up that hill and like would slowly close in on people and pass them and just start hammering um Fast forward, there's another point fast forward where, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. It's starting to cool down. It's probably in the eighties and it's like eight or nine at night. So it's kind of hot day, but still cooling down. And uh, right before we get into aid station about, I think it was around mile 70. Like I felt like this weird, like queasy, uneasy feeling in my stomach. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Oh, well, like let's just keep going. And uh, we get to the aid station. And the guy flags me in, and I'm like so pumped to see everyone. And I sit down in the chair. They start all the guys are like, "Hey, what can I get you? Do you want some like tailwind, some rock cane, some water? How about some watermelon?" And they start giving me that, hand me a slice of watermelon. And I don't even remember doing this, but like it like fell out of my hand, and I ran over to the side, out of the lake. So I'm like, dude, I'm gonna vomit right now. Oh, and yeah. I got down and just like unleashed like just like and sorry for this kind of gross but I just like threw up four times like just so bad oh, and just no. like but it was it was just when it, it felt it felt so good like to just whatever was bugging me in my stomach was out and gone <laughs> and I sat back down you know I I, I rehydrated I had that watermelon. I got some cup of noodles, which was epic. And I was like, all right, 30 miles or 30, whatever it was to go. Let's, let's go have some fun. Let's do this. And uh,
1: what you need is a, is a quick vomit.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> totally. So,
1: That's awesome. I also yeah. love how like quesadillas and watermelons and these things, it's like luxury because it, it, it is in the middle of a hundred mile race. <laughs>
0: It's like, are you running or are you just eating? But it's right. it, it's like a, <laughs> you know, an eating contest with some running in between.
1: Basically, basically. basically yeah. <laughs> Anyways,
0: so was
2: was there like a point that I guess happened that, that when it happened, you were like, okay, I'm finishing this. Like, was there that point in the race where you knew all of a sudden it finally hit, like
1: all oh, doubts were gone.
2: oh yeah, the, where the doubts vanished and you knew that the finish line was going to happen
0: for sure i think it's like you never really know you know you don't really know you just i just tell myself i'm gonna finish certainly after i had i called my wife i was like yeah i'm gonna finish because what i'm gonna tell my kids if i don't finish so you had that little (laughs) pressure you know and then after i puked i was like oh yeah dude i'm gonna finish for sure because i can't (laughs) not finish like I got all that ugly stuff out, let's just go. <laughs> but still, like, even after that happens, you still got, I still have 30, 35 miles left to go. So it's like, yeah. it's weird that like, you can't ever get too confident. Yeah. But you also, you have to, you have to, you can't, and you can't look too far ahead because 30 miles is still a long ways to go, yeah. but you can't get, you can't also get overwhelmed by like, oh my gosh, I have 30 miles to go. It's like, well, it's just just plug away one foot after the other, like, you're going to get there. Just like, keep going. And uh, I think that's kind of what I keep telling myself. It was funny. One, one of the, one of the runners who I met Dylan, I remember when I passed him, we were going, we were climbing up before the aid station and I was careful not to be too annoying, you know, cause I'm generally pretty positive, <laughs> but he was like, cause I was without, you know, I did this all without a pacer, without any crew. Is which like is amazing
2: that is- by the way that is, oh, that is yeah. amazing yeah that is that that's a whole nother animal that we could get into but yeah. keep going like he was
0: just like i can't believe this self-motivation like you're just you're just doing this and i was like yeah i just because i've been thinking about it for four years like i'm like i'm determined to just do this i'm going to finish it and i think so much as you, we talked about before i think so much of these hundred mile races really come down to like, how bad, how badly do you want to finish? Like how how much you want it? Because it, it fit it's physically, it's going to hurt. It's hard, but if you don't have the mental strength, you're not going to finish because your body's going to tell you to stop every moment. And I just had convinced myself, like, I'm, there's no doubt I'm finishing this thing, even though it was, it was like 30 miles, I was like, well, here we go.
1: Wow. Well, at that point it just is another marathon, right? And you've done a ton of those.
0: (laughs) And also, like you mentioned my training. Like I do most of my running like at four in the morning on the weekdays because Mm. you know family stuff. So I'm used to being up early in the middle of the night. So by the time one and two o'clock happen in the morning, two in the morning happen, it's like that that's my sweet spot. I'm ready to go. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's like, let's freaking do this. Like I'm ready. Like <laughs> it's cold. It's dark. Is this is like, I'm used to running. I'm used to running with a headlamp on. I'm psyched on this. Let's go.
1: That's awesome. That's a really good training tip. Like run in the dark more, get up really early and run or maybe yeah. run late at night just to get the used night to that.
0: It's less long.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, it's
2: 3 AM. We're basically in the morning again. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Totally. I remember looking down at my watch and like I was like almost like mini celebrating. When we hit 3 and then 4 in the morning, I'm like, dude, this is this is my body's waking up. I'm all, this is when I
1: run. Like this is it. Now it's just an early morning run. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: That's awesome. Oh,
1: that is way awesome.
2: So what did it feel like to come across that finish line then for the first time, 4 years in the making and then it finally happened?
0: Well, I so at where Santa Monica Mountains, where the Samuel Hundred is, you finish on this, you come down this trail called the Ray, Mill, Ray Miller trail. And to get to there, there's about a thousand foot climb to get up to the top of this summit. And so when you get to the top, there's about three miles left to go. And like, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. You, you overlook the Pacific ocean. It's just gorgeous. So when I got to that trailhead, I was like, dude, I'm, done we I have made it and I was so pumped like it it was just like because I've been thinking about running down that trail I've been thinking about that for probably a year like since I because I knew I knew I'd run this is the Ray Miller 50 which I'd run before like I knew what that was like and like I said when I get there I'm I'm like it's a freaking celebration like this is awesome I'm done I thought I was like bombing down the hill. I thought it was going so fast. And then I looked at my str- splits on Strava and I was like running like 10 minute miles. It was hilarious.
1: Hey, hey 10 minute miles. 10 minute miles a 100. 100
0: miles. Is, yeah.
1: That's pretty <laughs> that's fast. Actually, I'm impressed.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it is, but Okay. I want to point one thing. Okay. So where the finish line was supposed to be versus where it actually was freaked me out because when you run down Ray Miller, like there's this, like you right before the finish, there's this hairpin turn, a turn left back to the, this campsite. And that's mm-hmm. where like the pre-race meeting was. And when I got there, like it was empty. And I was like, I, I looked down. I'm like, oh my God. Like, did everyone pack up and leave? Am I the last one out here? Like what is going on? <laughs> and I had this brief moment of panic where I'm like, dude, like, did I, did I turn the wrong way? Like what, I don't even know what's going on. And then I kept going in the trail when I could hear a little bit of noise and the trail turned the other way to the right. And then like, I'm like, oh, that's where they are. Thank God. Cause I was like, dude, I thought I was just left hanging there. When I actually crossed the finish. Like I had no idea how I was going to feel, but like, I just raised my arms and let out the biggest, like scream, like just shout with joy, like I, it was kind of, it was pretty corny, you know, but it was just <laughs> like, you know, this was four years in the making and uh, I had trained for it. i thought about it for so long and trained for it for, you know, specifically for four months straight. Wow. So it felt, it felt really good. And immediately I'm like, I, I'm doing another one because I know I can run another one faster and do it better.
1: That's the thing. You can always do it faster or you can always do it better. And also it's not an ultra without some corny moments. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally.
0: I feel like I'm you always come just...
1: back and cringe a little bit, huh?
0: <laughs> totally. I'm glad it was just still photos that we're taking and not video. Cause like that would have been really embarrassing to see that. But
1: yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, that's part of the beauty of it, is yeah. that ultra running like strips you down to your core. You know.
2: Melody when i just i ran a hundred mile race back in august and melody took a video of me i was like basically ugly crying on my <laughs> way up this mountain It was while like he last, was singing a scout song I was, <laughs> I was singing a song that i learned that scout camp but for some reason that Dang. song was like it felt like it was giving me strength you know <laughs> And I still haven't had the nerve to watch the video. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. Melody has it on her phone, but I have not watched it still.
0: <laughs> you might blackmail Melody someday. So you know, yeah, or
1: maybe exactly. we should post that on our Instagram page. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Looking back on that hundred mile race, what is your main takeaway from that experience?
0: I think the thing that re- that really that really stuck with me is that, you know, provided that you've done all the training, and provided that you don't get hurt for some reason, like I think anyone can finish a hundred mile race. Anyone can do it. At this particular race, it was like, of the seventy, I think seventy one or seventy two people who started it, there are only twenty two of us who finished it. Wow. A lot of people yeah. missed the cutoffs or dropped because it was too hard. Wow. And and I, I really believe that, again, if you put in the work, you put in the training, you can get there to the finish. You just have to want to do it. You just have to believe in yourself and really have that, that strong core of why you're doing this not for vanity or anything like that, but it's because you really deep down want to finish this race. So that was my big, my biggest takeaway. It's just like it's, it's, it's choice. And I like uh, it. Yeah.
2: I like it. And as you say that, like, you know, as you've talked this whole hour that we've been talking to you that you you've shared about you've almost shared that like you've had the choice here you know when you were throwing up you I had feel the like choice. it's like
1: the devil versus yeah. angel on the on your shoulder <laughs>
2: you mm-hmm. know you see the guy walking you know at mile 15 you also you know when you did your 100k there was the choice to turn left to do the 100k or turn right to do 50 miles like it is it's we're making that choice pretty much mm-hmm. with every step that we take you know every
1: victory is just a whole bunch of little choices yeah yes. right.
0: Yes, for sure and that guy who is walking who i saw him drop out at mile 27 i saw him running at mile it was right around mile 50 and i was like dude what are you still doing out here that's crazy i, I thought you dropped and then about an hour or two after i finished he finished and I was like you are amazing I, I thought you were dead like uh, and again for him it's said choice like he he yeah. just like he 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 sucked up and dealt with it and he's wow. an amazing runner like I was just like I again that supports my theory of the choice
1: yeah wow and that's what, amazing what
2: keeps going through my head is like bad times come in waves they're not gonna yep. last i mean with <laughs> life and everything right it comes in waves so if we can just keep moving through the bad wave we're gonna actually we're gonna catch a good wave soon after that you know like it will get better
0: 100 percent. i totally agree
2: i well, love it Well, thank you, John. We really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I think you have an amazing story to tell and we just broke the ice on it. If people wanna reach out to you or find more about your running experiences, like where can they reach out or how can they find more
0: information on you? Oh, cool. Well, thanks. And first of all, thank you guys for inviting me. I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm a regular dad who likes to run. Like there's nothing really special. Oh, um, I love but but <laughs> I appreciate you giving me opportunity opportunity to share my experiences with with you and and your listeners if you want to find me again I'm on Instagram not a really fancy handle it's just j jemenar <laughs> j a m a y n a r um and the other thing is that I have a blog a website just called run and get it dot com and that's where i forced you to read that nine thousand word article jacob so <laughs> but, <you> know, that,
1: <laughs> no it's a good article it's yeah. a good article i chronicle Everyone a lot of things and, and the other thing it. is
0: yeah I, I just feel like i i needed that i gave it that name because i feel like you know before the beginning of the conversation we talked about road running versus trail running and almost ultra running and i, I have i've got a lot of roadie friends i've got a marathon i'm doing in february so You know, that's near and dear dear to my heart. But I feel like by pushing ourselves into harder things and, and getting away into nature and in the mountains, I feel like we learn so much. And that's why I called it Run and Get It because I think there's so much growth that happens when we challenge ourselves, when we decide to face what we're facing and overcome those obstacles. That we grow and learn so much from that. Wow. Agreed. Thank Agreed.
2: You so much. I think you know, John. I I looked at your website a little bit, and I think it's a really good thing what you're doing with that. So for our listeners out there, if you're just getting into running, if you want to set that goal or get better at ultra running, like get that first hundred miler under your belt, I would highly recommend checking that website out and that blog because I think you put out some really educational good stuff up there
1: and we'll put the link in the show notes
0: all right well thank you so much I I appreciate it
2: thank you John the world needs more John Mayer oh gosh I don't know about that (laughs) your story is awesome keep doing what you're doing and we're excited to see you know what you continue to do with your running journey
0: all right well thank you so much I really appreciate it guys
2: wow what a cool guy
1: i'm inspired i'm truly inspired i think there was so much to that story and and my my big takeaways were first of all how humble john is he just mentions oh by the way i almost died in a car accident Mm, and
2: was in a coma and had to relearn basically everything how to be a human
1: right and what what really hit me was was his mindset he, you know, we talked about decisions and, and he always chose the decision that would get him across the finish line and kind of this talking to the angel versus the devil on his shoulder. And I feel like his, his mindset was always, ah, oh, this stinks. Oh, well, or this is really hard. Well, going to keep moving anyways. Yeah. And it was just a, a reminder of this, like, you know, it's going to hurt. You can either st- be in pain and stop, or you can be in pain and you can keep moving and eventually get out of it mm-hmm. and eventually finish, you know? And that just has been really heavy in my mind lately is, is that the power of your mindset, the power of the words in your head, the power of the sentences that you're saying to yourself. And, and I feel like he really has nailed that.
2: No, he, I just like, yeah, the, all the little decisions Add up to one big decision sort of thing. And agreed. I honestly, I have the same takeaway with when you're in a bad situation. And yeah, this is pretty much on par with you know our previous guest, Liz Perez. <laughs> when you're in a bad situation, you just need to accept it. And you know what? You're there. Stop looking back on maybe the mistakes that you made that got you there. And just accept it.
1: And move forward. forward.
2: Yeah, yeah. Don't dwell on what got you there, because that's what I'll do. It's even in ultra running, I'll dwell on. My goodness, wasn't supposed to happen. I was. Or maybe to
1: good. <laughs> or maybe like when. I hope you don't mind me sharing this. That Jacob gets really frustrated when he sleeps in in the morning. yeah <laughs> And then and and you let that ruin your yes. whole day. And then, yeah. Instead of just on, being like, Why
2: did I let myself sleep in? Instead of
1: just being like, You know what? I messed up. But what can I do right now? Yeah. How can I make this a Let's good day? Move forward.
2: Know? the rest of the day you know so yeah yeah i liked his his attitude with that and just yeah his humility about it all and just getting out there and getting the job done
1: putting in the work yeah Yeah.
2: putting in the work another thing yeah big takeaway for me if you put in the work you got no reason to be nervous
1: just put in the work yep i love it
2: So thank you, everybody, for joining us here on Shell the 100. Make sure that you give us a review on either Apple or Spotify. We would greatly appreciate it.
1: That helps us get the podcast out to more beginner ultra runners like you.
2: Exactly. So thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you all next time.
1: Hey guys, it's Melody here. Thank you so much for listening to Trail. It means so much to us. I'm really excited to tell you about my coaching business where I help average Joes who are looking for a little bit more out of life do something big to find a little bit more purpose, direction, and meaning. I know what it's like to feel stagnant or like something's missing or like you just want more out of life. I was in the same spot Jacob and I had just gotten married and we were both working nine to five jobs and we just were like, what do we do now? We we just wanted something more. And we listened to David Goggin's book and we decided to sign up for a 50 mile race. And since then we've done fifties, we've done Jacob's done a couple hundreds, I've done one one hundred, and and renting has changed our lives. I feel like I always have a goal to work towards. I feel accomplished and proud of myself. I feel like I have learned countless life lessons that have made me a better friend, a better wife, a better daughter, a better person. And I want to give back and help you do the same thing. I'm telling you, running can change your life. If you're ready to jump in and sign up for a race, whether it's 3 miles or 100 miles, I would be honored to help you cross the finish line. If you want to learn more or get in touch with me, go to my Instagram at tree Running or my website MelodyBateman.biz. You have so much potential and you are way stronger than you know. Let's find your strength because it's there just waiting to be tapped into.